0: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash pack for free shipping and
1: 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 272 of the Love Life Connection Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you this week. And before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that Monday, August 2nd, is when we are starting Dating Without Swiping. So, Dating Without Swiping is a four week live group coaching experience where I'll show you step by step how to meet potential partners IRL. I'll hold you accountable to make sure you're getting out of your sweatpants and out of your house, and I'll help you manage the inner work as it comes up so that you don't burn out, waste time on the wrong people, or get your self-worth tied up in rejection. It's really important to say this is not a course. There are no videos to watch. There are no audios to listen to. Instead, each Monday in August, I will send you a PDF that you can read in under 10 minutes with your marching orders for the week. Each PDF will include just a little blurb about what I'm talking about in terms of meeting people, IRL and serendipity, and it'll give you the instructions you need to start creating a sustainable foundation and system to meeting people off the apps. Then you'll have access to me in the Facebook group and our weekly group coaching calls where I can help you do the inner work to get out of your comfort zone or manage the things that might come up where you get triggered or have some fear or whatever it is. I believe it's completely possible for you to meet someone off the apps. Remember, almost 80% of people still are, even today in our online dating world. So why not you? And there are two things that I'm super excited about. Well, I'm really excited about everything when it comes to dating without swiping, but there are two things in particular that I'm super excited about. One of them is community. And not only do I just want you to meet other like-minded women like yourself, But this community, I'm gonna help you actually use it to help you leverage your connections to meet potential partners. So even if no one in the program lives near you, How do you know that someone in the program doesn't know somebody near you? Now, that person may not be your person, but they could be a friend or a contact in your community that could lead to who knows what. So I'm going to help you foster those connections and do that. I don't like to use the word networking, but you know what I mean, so that you can begin to leverage you know, the community itself to create more serendipity in your life. The other thing I'm super excited about are the serendipity boosters. So, a few times throughout Dating Without Swiping, I will challenge you to take some serendipity booster challenges. Now, these are little challenges or activities that are designed to push you just a little bit further outside of your comfort zone, not too much. And when you do them and complete them and post about it in the Facebook group, that will enter you to win some prizes. So fun things like little gifts in the mail, and also some of the prizes will be coaching with me. So to learn more about dating without swiping and to read everything that is included and how your love life will benefit from dating without swiping head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash DWS. That's D as in dating, W as in without, and S as in swiping. And since we start Monday, August 2nd, now is really the time to sign up here. Time is of the essence. All right, so on to today's episode. So My client, Amanda, came onto the show and she's asking about how to bring more feminine energy into her love life and her life in general. And I think you'll understand how we get there in the coaching call. But really, this question is not about how to be more feminine. It's really about how to let go of perfection. So when you think about feminine and masculine dynamics... Feminine energy is more of the energy of flow, the energy of being, the energy of creativity, whereas masculine is the energy of structure and the energy of doing and the energy of like step one, step two, step three. That's all very masculine energy. And so you'll be able to see this in the call, but with Amanda, it's not really that she can't be feminine. Now, I will tell you that I know Amanda, she's in the Love Incubator. Um, Some of the people that come onto the show, I do know from. You know, previous they're they're a client of mine either privately or in the Love Incubator. Uh, many are not, but this one is, and so I just want you to know that because I'll reference a few things outside of the context of this coaching call, and I don't want you to be confused of like, what the heck, what's what's going on? So just just to let you know. Anyways, because I knew Amanda, I also knew that feminine energy really wasn't her problem because I've actually seen her express amazing feminine energy within the group of the Love Incubator. And so where I think, though, the confusion lies is that because perfectionism can feel a little rigid and have to do it just right and, you know, do this thing and then do that thing that can feel like masculine energy, right? And so you can see how she was feeling a little bit confused and how that's, and how the original question really wasn't the question. And we were pretty quickly able to get to what the real question really was. So I hope you love this episode, um, especially if you can relate to being perfectionist. Now, if you can't relate to being perfectionist, we all have parts of ourselves that we wish were different or we could change. And I just invite you to still listen. And then wherever I talk about you know, being a perfectionist, replace it with like, I don't know, being a people pleaser or whatever, you know, said pattern is that you want to shift. However, wherever you are in your dating life, I think you will love this episode. So without further ado, let's get right to it. If you're ready to get off the apps and meet someone IRL, then I invite you to join me in dating without swiping how to confidently meet potential partners off the apps, even if you're introverted, have little time or live in a small town. It's a four week live group coaching experience where I'll hold you accountable to make sure you're getting out of your sweatpants and out of your house in a way that works with your energy and time constraints. I'll also help you do the inner work so you don't burn out, waste time on the wrong people or get yourself worth tied up in rejection. If you're ready to dive deeper into meeting people IRL, including how to deal with rejection, how to balance being shy or introverted with being social, or how to know if someone is right for you when you don't have a profile plastered to their face, I'd love to support you. Dating without swiping starts Monday, August 2nd, so that's really soon, and registration closes Friday, July 30th. So if you're listening to this episode around the time this episode aired, that means this is super soon, so there's no time to put it off. Look, almost 80% of couples today report they met their partners somewhere off the apps. So how are you spending most of your time meeting potential partners? Whether you want to get off the apps entirely or have it be truly one way that you meet your potential person, I can't wait to help you do just that. You can learn more and join us at veronicagrant.com forward slash DWS. Again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash DWS. And to be clear, DWS is for dating without swiping. And if you're joining us, I can't wait to start with you on August 2nd. Hi Amanda, welcome to the show. How can I
2: help? So I'm having trouble harnessing my feminine energy. I really think that I am too masculine Mm -hmm. and that I'm trying to control things and judge situations and relationships and not allowing the flow. And I think that's been a real hindrance to me. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I'm I'm guessing, yeah, I'm trying to adapt and have, have ways of being more open and allowing but I really think this is something that is quite strong within me. And I guess it's from being independent and a strong woman and what have you. So trying to relax that masculine side is proving more difficult than I thought it would be.
1: Yeah. Why do you think, why do you need to control everything? I
2: guess it's something that I, I don't know, I guess growing up had no control over my life, you know, as a child, you know, you're sort of under the control of your parents and what happens to you there and you don't have a say in what goes on. So I guess it's, having the control over life now is something that I can actually control as such. Mm -hmm. But I think it's working to my hindrance, you know. Um, I think it's causing a blocker.
1: Right. What exactly or what specifically could you not control that you wanted to when you were younger?
2: I guess like my parents splitting up, you know, moving locations, not being able to, I guess, get the love that you wanted from my parents. Like a number of things growing up, you know, as a child, I guess you are under the influence of your parents and you have to do as they say and what they want.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: I guess growing up and becoming more independent, it's sort of like, well, that is something that I can control and, and decide upon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to zero in on what about that aspect, you know, has created this pattern because. I mean, our parents, obviously, when you're, especially when we're really young, they do have control, right? They're the ones deciding where we live. They're probably cooking food. And depending on your age, you may not have much influence as to what you know dinner is that night. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because when done in a healthy way, it can just be like this, um, kind of this rock, this sense of safety, like, okay, I can come back and you know, whatever can happen at school, but then I'll have these loving people to take care of me and to cook me food and make sure I have a warm place to sleep at night. Right. So that's obviously the healthy dynamic. And so parents having control isn't the problem in of itself. I'm trying to figure out where were those boundaries crossed to where it became so much control that you couldn't express yourself or be yourself or feel safe in your own skin or safe out in the world or whatever it is. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I think my father was extremely controlling when I was a child. So I guess maybe I'm mirroring the behavior and I think it's fear-based as well. You know, I guess if you lose control or don't have a control over a situation, then, you know, what will the outcome be? You know, God forbid, yeah. stepping into a, a world that's
1: one. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause you. Okay. So uh-huh. you're answering these questions really, really well in a sense of like, I can tell, and I know, you know, you're in the incubator we work together, but like, I also know aside from the incubator, you've done a lot of this kind of work on yourself. Right. Yeah. And so you're answering questions very much from that place. Like you're using the jargon and the, uh-huh. the keywords uh-huh. and that's all fine. Right. There's not a problem with that per se. The problem that I'm seeing right now is we've got to connect with, how old do you feel when you talk about, you know, your father being controlling? About four or five. Right. So we got to talk from the place of four or five-year-old Amanda. And Amanda doesn't necessarily know all of these, you know, personal development concepts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let's try to step out of present-day Amanda and go to little Amanda. So let's, let's do this. Go ahead and close your eyes for me and just... Um, first, tell me when you can feel little Amanda, so four or five year old Amanda. Yeah, I can feel her. Okay, and tell me how she's feeling. She just feels a bit scared. I think
2: just trying to do everything right because she wants to be loved and feels unsure that she's loved it. She feels, I think that you know, it's a give and take. Sometimes Dad absolutely loves her to pieces, and they have some really lovely time together. And then other times she's scared cowering in the corner. Mm
1: -hmm. And she's scared because?
2: Because he's violent with her.
1: Okay. Right. And what does she need?
2: She just needs to be loved and held and told that that it's okay. She's a good girl. You know, not everything she does is wrong. Yeah. And that it's safe. Mm
1: -hmm. Can you feel what it feels like to hear that? yeah okay can you sit with that for a few moments with your inner child just give her that space what's coming up like, oh, I want to cry that's okay judgment-free zone here
2: she just really struggled she just loved her dead so much and just felt like nothing she could ever do was right. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted to be loved, be his perfect little girl. Yeah, She felt like she worked so hard to be his perfect little girl but could never match up to what he wanted.
1: Yeah. Just take a few breaths. Just let the emotion run its course, ride the wave of it. What does little Amanda need?
2: She needs a big cuddle.
1: Did you say cuddle? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can do that. You can visualize it. You can even give yourself physically a hug. What else does she need?
2: She needs some love. To know that she is okay as she is, that she was a good girl and is a good girl, that no child is perfect.
1: Okay, when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Hmm. What's coming up for you? Any reflections? Uh,
2: it's, um, it's the inner critical voice. I feel like it comes from my dad and the wanting to feel the need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it can't be loved.
1: Right. Right.
2: Right. And I think that, and that's something that I can control.
1: Right. Well, or so the illusion says.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 And it's not even so much that like no one is perfect or no child is perfect. It's, I think would be more helpful in this is we are perfect in our imperfections. Like, you know, as a child of the universe, divine God, whatever your, you know, spirituality is, religion is, you know, we're perfect from that perspective. Yeah. You know, because sometimes like no one's perfect. And if that kind of self-talk is being directed back to you, it can be like, well, it's okay. Like, cause no one's perfect, but it's like, yeah. maybe not in the actual definition of perfectionism. Sure. No one's perfect, but like you are perfect. Do you know what I mean? Do you you feel the difference? Completely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel how that can support your inner child to begin to trust, trust yourself, trust the process, trust, trust you, like as in like older Amanda, also trust, you know, God, universe, spirit, whatever it is. Yeah.
2: I think it's quite deep seated. So it's a hard one to let go of.
1: Right. 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 What would need to be true? For her, do you mean to let go of the idea of being perfect, or to let go of control? I mean, they're kind of one and the same, but I'm curious how you. I
2: think maybe they're trying to be perfect.
1: They're trying to match
2: up and judging myself, and yeah, trying to match up to what I think I should be.
1: Mm-hmm. What would need to be true in order for you to begin letting go of this idea of needing to be perfect? I think self-acceptance and okay.
2: self-love.
1: Okay. So tell me what that looks like, because those are nice ideas, but tell me what that looks like.
2: It's interesting. I practice a lot of self-love, but I guess it's actually
1: taking it on board
2: as such and listening to my inner voice and giving myself love rather than just, I guess, voicing it. You know, anybody can say anything, but actually believing it and listening to it and taking it on board is a whole other matter.
1: Right. And that kind of runs parallel with what I was saying before with when you were answering some of the questions. Mm -hmm. um, It sounded like very self help jargony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I know like you've done a lot. I mean, this is like old stuff for you. Like, this is, this is like, it's like very, very ingrained within you. But at the same time, so it's this idea of being perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like there's these two parallel parts to you, and they have to start talking to each other, connecting. Yeah. Yeah. So this part of you that needs to be perfect, let's just get really clear with it. We know how it hurts you, right? Yeah. We know how it holds you back. Yes. How does it help you?
2: I guess in in my own mind, even though I know it's not right, I make it, it makes me strive harder and work mm-hmm. harder. So it's almost, I think, a fear if I let it go, then will I just relax as such you know not make as much of an effort or not work as hard or you know what i have as a goal
1: if the part of you that was perfect could speak and she really can speak so it's not really hypothetical but let's say she could speak what would she say
2: that you are perfect now that you don't need to keep striving towards it you've already achieved it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah And what would be a helpful way for her to show up in your life?
2: That's a good question. I guess I I think I really need to work on the self-acceptance and look at myself and see what I have achieved and, you know, going forward, what I still will continue to achieve and and accept that 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 is perfect and I am okay.
1: Right. But can you see how that's still externally referenced? Mm Mm-hmm. It's still like, yeah, you're not perfect, but also look at all this cool stuff that you've accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, like nothing bad with accomplishing things, career Mm -hmm. relationships elsewhere in our lives. But what I'm really getting at is, you know, we all have parts of ourselves that we wish were different. There's the part of ourselves that needs to be perfect. The part of ourselves that feels anxious, the part of ourselves that sabotages whatever, right? We all have those parts. And so- a lot of times it's like, oh, I want to get rid of this part of me. I know it's holding me back. Right. And this is especially true of people who have done a lot of personal development work. So you have the awareness. And in some ways being there is even harder because now you know what you don't know. You're like, okay, I know that I have this perfectionism part of me and I know it holds me back, but I don't know how to change it. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's a really, of like all of the stages of personal development, that's, this is probably the hardest one. Okay, mm-hmm. so but I just want to acknowledge that you got to the place where you didn't know what you didn't know, which is challenging to do, right? So you did that, right? Yeah. And you created this awareness, which is amazing. So the part of ourselves that we want to change, that we want to shift, we don't want to get rid of that part. We don't want to make that part the enemy, or wrong, or bad. It's just about giving that part a different role to play, right? Kind of tweaking it a little bit because you just said the, the part of you that wants to be perfect is part of your drive yeah it's part of what you know if you were in a relationship and it was getting a little rocky this would be the part of you that would be like let's get marriage counseling or relationship counseling definitely or you know let's talk about this let's do this you know couples weekend retreat or something Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful part of you thank you you know and and that's also the part of you in your career where it's like let's get this project done let's do this yeah. thing let's do that thing right and yes. that's that's truly a gift and that can be the role that this part of you plays right and then when it tries to insert itself in situations that don't involve you know these types of situations that's when you're like you know what you can name this part of you Susie or something, I don't know, <laughs> whatever name. It'd be like, you know what, Susie? Like, I love you. You're so great, but I'm gonna let someone else, or I'm gonna let this another part of me handle this one. You mm-hmm. know, and so when it comes to like online dating or when it comes to another part of your life where you want to control everything, you let the part of you that can practice receiving, can practice being more in your feminine. You can okay. let that part of you lead. And it might take some time to cultivate that part because the part of you that needs to be perfect is very, very well cultivated. <laughs> yes. Years of experience. Right. But I also know for a fact that your feminine part of you is probably a lot more cultivated than you think.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Because otherwise Just bring you it out. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be here. It, it takes some level of, you know, curiosity of being in the body to get to that place from, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And then you know what you don't know, right? Feminine energy is required in taking that step. Okay. You know? And like, I know that you do a lot of meditations and you've done a lot of chakra healing and you've done all this kind of stuff. Like that's all energy. Yeah. She's there. there.
2: Just need to bring it forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This I find that this is more about, you know, just healing the part of you that needs to be perfect rather than... Ooh, how can I cultivate my feminine energy? Right, okay. I've got like tips and tricks galore. <laughs> you know, anything that get out of your head and into your body is feminine energy. Okay, you know, so like going on a walk, not to like get your ten thousand steps, but just going on a walk to feel the breeze on your face and hear the birds sing, like that's feminine energy. Right, so, okay. Painting a picture, um, listening to music, meditating, journaling anything that's getting you out of your head, into your body, that's all feminine energy. And you feel the emotions, you feel the energy kind of flow through your body when you're doing those things. And then when you show up to date, when you show up to have a conversation, when you show up to do whatever, then you let that part of you lead. You just, you can feel that part of you. Like, does this person feel like a yes or a no? How do I feel when I'm talking with this person? Okay. Yeah. And I know last week, we talked and you were struggling with not connecting with people online. Yeah. You think these two things are connected? Oh, definitely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. It's it's control, trying to control the situation.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So let's just go through worst case scenario because obviously control is fear-based. First, give me an example of how you try to control things.
2: Well, I guess it's putting myself looking at perfectionism in myself and then expecting it in others, I guess. And it's in it. Oh, well, you know, the fear of what if I do actually connect with someone and then that fear of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that all of this is conscious. I think it's a subconscious thing that, you know, it's like, oh, well it's an excuse. right? Well, so what's, this,
1: of- what's a very tangible thing that you do? Like, do you, because there's, there's different ways that it can play out. Like for some, sometimes it can be projected. So you're looking at someone and you're like, like maybe the person actually does seem really great, but then you find like one stupid arbitrary thing yeah, to make some sort of reason why this, you know, for example, I, I've told the story before on the podcast, not recently though, but when I, I went to UNC, I know mm-hmm. that means nothing to you, but North University of North Carolina, our arch rival in basketball is Duke. Okay. So I saw on yeah. someone's profile that they went to Duke and I went to UNC and I'm like, Oh God heck no. Right. And so like, it's stupid. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it's funny. It's not really stupid. It's funny, but um, anyway, yeah. but it is arbitrary. And so we can, and that's a silly example, but we can do that. Right. So would you say that's how it plays out or does it play out in another way?
2: Yeah. I think that probably is on point. Yeah. Like silly little things, you know, as an excuse to sort of go okay. and, then it, and then it's sort of like, oh, well, rejecting them before they can reject me.
1: Right, right. So it does seem like then that you are playing out your dad. You're becoming the dad, your dad situation. And your dad probably I mean, there's lots of reason why parents treat kids the way they do, but my guess is that he wasn't emotionally available for you in the way you wanted to be emotionally available. And so he had to push you away to keep it. Yeah, completely. He wanted to be a good dad, but not too good because he had to keep you at arm's length. Completely. And so yeah. it's it's the same thing. So I know we've talked a lot about dad. We don't have to get into it right now. I would definitely continue though with the letter writing, anger work, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff because you know he's still playing out. I would also write him a letter giving him back what he gave you that you don't mm-hmm. want anymore. So I would yeah. I would I would do that, and then I would okay. So actually I've I've gone totally roundabout. My question is that I want to just get super clear: is if you were to let control go, yeah, mm-hmm. so when you were dating. What's the scariest thing that could happen?
2: I guess it's the fear of getting hurt. And I, I try to tell myself that I'm absolutely fine with it. And and I think I am, but I guess I'm not because otherwise I would be allowing it.
1: Okay. So if you got hurt, then what?
2: You know, I've been hurt before and consciously I know that I will be fine and I will recover. But I guess it, it's that fear of, of the actual eventuality of it happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in that in those moments what does your inner child need in order to deal with something that feels a little outside of her comfort zone
2: i think to feel safe and loved and secure
1: right right and she can th- get that from like i can give that to her 100 mm-hmm. so you see where this is where this is going this is your inner child just playing it out and so yeah. this is, this is great. Cause you're on the app. So you're literally at your house or wherever you are yeah. and you can be with your inner child as you're, as you're doing this. So when you feel her fear, when you feel her patterns, when you feel her habits coming up, then I want you to have a list of things to do. And actually this is in step four of crappy, happy. So you can download, I think there's a worksheet there that walks you through this, uh-huh. but you can have a list of actions to take that are from your higher self, your aligned self, your present day self rather than inner child self. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, it does. Thank you.
1: Okay. How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, I feel good.
1: Thank you. Good. And what are your action steps you're going to take?
2: To write to my dad to give him back the emotions that he's given me and also connect with my inner child and give her some love and make her feel safe and secure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and give the part of you that needs to be perfect. Give her lots of love, lots of compassion. Let her speak. She's allowed to speak. Give her a new job description. You know, really just working with that part of you too. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. I'm glad this is helpful. Thank you. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you, and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now, and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming onto the show. I really appreciate your courage and your vulnerability. And I know that your question has helped so, so many women. So thank you. Thank you. All right. So as you heard, this call started with Amanda wanting to let go of some of the more masculine habits that she had and embrace more of her feminine energy. Now to be fair, because I know Amanda from the Love Incubator, I know that she's actually already pretty good at her feminine energy. And so while yes, there's always ways we can cultivate more feminine energy, there's always ways we can cultivate a better balance. I didn't really think that that was really going to get to the root of the issue here. So you know, being feminine is about the energy of being, the energy of expression, the energy of creativity, and masculine energy is the energy of doing, the energy of structure. And so if you have a lot of masculine energy, it can feel a little bit like, "Ooh, I got to be perfect. And then they can kind of play off of each other, right? And so I had a feeling that was what was really going on. And we quickly discovered that her need to be perfect came from her as a kid needing to be the good little girl, the perfect little girl so that she could get the love that she wanted from her dad because she felt like otherwise she didn't get it, right? And so you've heard me talk about this a lot on the show because everything really goes back down to our childhood and inner child work uh, that really she had to unlearn that this is how she got love. And so she was playing out this pattern, even though she's no longer 10 years old living at her dad's house, she was still acting as if. Right? So we had to do the inner child work so that she can begin to release this need to be perfect in order to feel loved. So I break down a lot of things in the episode, so I'm not going to go too in-depth here, but I do just want to highlight a few key points that I want you to walk away with. So number one, understand where the behavior you'd like to change came from. You were not born perfectionist. You were not born a people pleaser. You were not born an anxious person. What, whatever the behavior, whatever the part of you that you want to shift This is something that was developed early on in childhood and then got reinforced through patriarchal and cultural norms. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to see that part of you that's a perfectionist or whatever that you want to change as a separate part of you. Not that she is separate, she still is you, but I want you to almost take on the role as the observer so that you stop over identifying with that part of you. So you are not a perfectionist. You are not a people pleaser, but you might have perfectionist or people pleasing tendencies. Now, this might feel like semantics, but I truly believe it's more than that. When you can see yourself as a sovereign being having some perfectionist tendencies, it's so much easier to think about shifting the behaviors rather than the overwhelm of like, oh God, I'm such a perfectionist and I can't stop being just who I am. I just can't change it right you can feel the difference energy now i know i said it differently i get that but i really do think that that's just the energy of what it is to be overly identified with a part of ourselves that we wish was different versus just seeing like okay yeah i have these tendencies that aren't super helpful let's see what i can do to work with that and the next thing is to work with that part of you that you want to shift she's on your team she's on out to get you how can you actually incorporate this part of you to help you reach your personal goals, rather than letting her be the one to call the shots that's ultimately creating the self-sabotage. So by the way, if you do want some resources on feminine and masculine energy, I've included in the show notes some previous episodes about feminine masculine energy that I think you will enjoy. So feel free to check those out. All right. So a couple more subtle things that I want to talk about before I let you go today. So sometimes the inner child work doesn't seem to work so great because you're actually in your head a lot. Now I knew Amanda was doing this because she was talking to her inner child and speaking from her inner child in a way that had a lot of personal development jargon. Remember to ask yourself, what would your five-year-old self, like an actual five-year-old, what would they say? So whatever you're saying to your inner child or however they are responding are you talking to yourself in a way you would actually talk to a five-year-old or are they talking to you in a way in which a five-year-old would actually talk? And I think this is really important because otherwise you can just feel like, all right, this is some cool mental exercise Veronica told me to do, but I don't really get it. Nothing's really happening. And I think this could be a big piece. The other thing is notice of what you're saying to your inner child is still in the context of the pattern you're trying to change. So Amanda felt like something was wrong with her when she was little. And that was why her dad pushed her away. So she started by telling her inner child, she doesn't need to be perfect. Instead, I want her to operate in a new paradigm of where she already is perfect. Do you feel the difference there? It's a difference between like, you don't need to be perfect versus sweetheart. You already are perfect. You know what I mean there? And if you're listening to this episode in real time around July 29th, a final reminder that Dating Without Swiping closes tomorrow and we start Monday, August 2nd. So again, Dating Without Swiping is a four-week live group coaching experience where I'll show you step-by-step how to meet potential partners IRL. I'll hold you accountable to make sure you're getting out of your sweatpants and out of your house, and I'll help you manage the inner work so you don't burn out, waste time on the wrong people or get your self-worth tied up in rejection. So if you've ever wished to have me as a birdie on your shoulder and help you apply all this inner work stuff to the actual dating piece, minus the apps, of course, you'll love dating without swiping because that's really what it is. Or at least I will be a birdie on your shoulder as much as I possibly can. We begin Monday, August 2nd with How to Meet People Offline, where you'll begin by creating a system for meeting people that works within your time, money, and energy constraints. And you'll also print out your creating serendipity tracker so you can track your goals in a very satisfying and fun way. Now, again, because Dating Without Swiping has a firm start date, Monday, August 2nd, there's a firm deadline if you want to join us. So if you want to read more about the program and the program schedule and how it works, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash DWS. That's dating without swiping. And if you have any questions at all about whether or not this is the right fit for you or if you'll like this program, I will do my absolute best to give you my honest answer and to help you make the best decision for you. So just feel free to reach out to me, veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. You can also email me hello at You can also send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. I will be checking my messages throughout the weekend. So if you do have any last minute questions, hopefully I can get back to you before we begin. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you this week. I will see you next week with a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection. And hopefully I will see you much sooner in Dating Without Swiping. Until then. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love.